People deluded, I'm back again. Welcome back to another edition of the Deluded Podcast. Hope you're all doing well and safe this morning. It's a rather depressing sort of mood I'm in in relation to football people because obviously you're seeing the coronavirus. (coughs) Ironically, I coughed. I ain't got it, people. But on a serious note, you've all seen the news that obviously several sporting events and sports are shutting down. I think NBA, Major League Baseball, MLS has been suspended, you know, Italian League suspended, Spanish League suspended. France playing behind closed doors, a number of Champions League matches behind closed doors, and Europa League clash United played behind closed doors, so it's affecting everybody. UEFA are even apparently going to talk and maybe even discuss next Tuesday plans to delay the Euros from 2020 until 2021, which you can imagine with the winter break, with Qatar to come soon, with the amount of changes, the calendar will just get completely effed up. Um, obviously, sadly, over the last, you know, I'd say 10 hours, you've, it's Arsenal, we've had a lot of trouble with Corona and games have had to be postponed and people are self-isolating. Sadly, our head coach, Mikel Arteta, has tested positive for Corona. Um, and, you know, the whole first team has been isolated. London, Coley and Halen bases, um, our academy base and, and first team training ground, essentially, has all been shut. So there's no way we can play Brighton because we literally have no playing staff, no coaching staff. Um, um, and you've actually seen, you've heard Leicester, um, Brendan Rodgers has said three players have had like symptoms and I believe a player has shown the symptoms. So I don't want to say tested positive. I think I've got it written down somewhere, but the league's got to be suspended, man. It's got to. You've heard Chelsea's Callum Hudson-Odoi has, has contracted it as well and you've seen Chelsea have been told to stay away from their ground. So how are people able to prepare and train for this weekend how are they mentally going to be in the right space you'd imagine it's going to spread as well because i'm not to play devil's advocate but if callum hudson adoy does it and everybody's self-containing there's probably another one with that chelsea what happens when chelsea play i don't know whoever they're playing and it spreads it don't make sense people this is this it needs to it needs to be stopped they have to suspend the league it's not making any sense there's very few things more important than football health is one of them You've actually seen that apparently following, I believe, Mikel Arteta's thing, that the board, they asked, um, sorry, the Premier League board members and whatnot were going to have an emergency meeting. Apparently, the conclusion of that meeting, um, is actually all games will still go, all games will still go ahead as planned. People, apart from Arsenal versus Brighton, obviously. So I mean, it's almost like the British government was sitting on our hands with this corona thing, isn't it? Prevention is better than cure. Why do we... It's a bit like VAR. We have to do VAR differently than any other country. Why do we have to make decisions different? Everybody else is thinking logically and just suspending or postponing or whatever. Why are we still forcing it and carrying it on? This is very irresponsible because if it's not the players or the coaching staff, think of the fans that have to travel, utilise public spaces. You're hearing other people are clamping down on the amount of people in a public space or gathering. I don't advocate that necessarily, but naturally football, you can see how many people are going to attend the game. People are going to buy food. Obviously, too, not too many people are using coins and stuff in football grounds now. It's all contactless, but you get it. You're touching your card. You're going to touch the card machine. Someone else is going to touch it. Everybody's touching the same ketchup sauce. Everybody's using the same toilet. Certain people didn't want to wash their hands already. I'd like to imagine with the corona thing, man are washing their hands. But 
you can see how it spreads people. I mean, it don't make sense because you're seeing the Premier League tell footballers not to shake hands, but then they're spitting on the floor, they're touching each other in the games, you know. It's irrelevant. I get why they do these things, but it is what it is. So my thoughts go out to Mikel Arteta and obviously Callum Hudson the Doy. I'm playing these people. Hey! My, 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 my. My, my sympathy goes out with them and I hope they all recover, man, really and truly. And the Premier League is going to have blood in its hands if it carries on this foolishness, man. It needs to lock this off. You've seen a number of international football games locked off as well, people. Um, while Bos- Bos- Bosnia versus Northern Ireland, both teams, I believe, in relation to their playoff semi-final, have asked it to be postponed. Um, I believe a tennis organisation, tennis um, event has been cancelled and the Australian... Formula One race, I believe. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I don't not really too clued up on them sort of sports there, but it's a madness. La Liga, as I have said, has been suspended for at least two rounds. Real Madrid, you're seeing players have gone into quarantine because of the virus. Um, so obviously Real Madrid versus City isn't going to get played along with Lyon versus Juventus. Speaking of Juventus, sadly, I'm sure you've all seen that Renardi has it, and I believe um, Gabbiadini also has it um, in terms of Italian-based players. Um, apparently Ronaldo is self-isolating in Portugal um, so it is well it is um, Spanish second division has also been suspended if you didn't know people um, going back to the to the Leicester thing just for specifics apparently Leicester statement has said three Leicester first team players have self-isolated after showing symptoms of corona and and have kept away from the rest of the squad in recent days all three players presented with extremely mild illness were advised by club medical staff consistent with current government guidance to stay home and contact the nhs 111 service all three players were subsequently advised by nhs 111 that their symptoms were consistent with a common seasonal illness that has a seven-day period of self-isolation was appropriate as a precaution there was no other recommendation that further testing would be necessary. The club is in regular contact with the relevant players, with the relevant players whose symptoms remain mild and self-tangible. In this current climate, the club is acutely aware of its responsibilities to all of its employees and has issued extensive internal advice consistent with current recommendation from the government and medical professionals on the coronavirus. All staff experiencing modern symptoms are Ill, of ill health have been advised to stay home, to contact 111 and to follow their recommended advice. Supporters are asked to actively seek out the latest government advice on best practice in relation to the spread of the virus. Um, yeah, so three players have been kept away from the side in precaution and that might that might actually develop people. Brendan Rodgers has, you know, come out and fingered that. And what I read there was a statement from from the club manager brendan rogers when kind of pressed on this he said we had a few players that have shown symptoms and signs it would be a shame if the watford game were postponed but the public's health is the most important in all this the game is all about the players and fans and if you have one of those not there it's obviously not the same it's a crazy thing, people. As you know, currently there's been 484 cases confirmed in the UK. Sadly, eight people have lost their lives. And you see Boris Johnson more or less saying more people are going to die, more or less. <coughs> I'm sounding like I go ahead now. I really need to stop these early podcasts. But moving forward, people, like you saw, um, it's sad, man. It's, it's really sad. Apparently, the, 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 you know, 
The Premier League are exploring the possibility of all matches in England being played behind closed doors under government plans to combat the virus that could be triggered as early as tomorrow, which is today, people. All Premier League season ticket and ticket holders for individual games will be able to stream coverage of their matches to their homes. The current season will not be postponed, but instead Premier League matches will be moved behind closed doors. Premier League games will not be shown live in slots at 3 3 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon. It's ridiculous. Um, as I've already as I've already said, people, as you lot know, all sport in Italy has been has been suspended at least until the third of April. Um, Barcelona versus Napoli allegedly, if played, will be played behind closed doors. Um, it's rather sad. And you're hearing allegedly there's tensions between the English Football League and the Premier League um, on how to respond specifically to this um, disease. The BBC said. If EFL is seeking clarity from the Premier League over what appears to be a contingency plan, the emergence of the plan took both the EFL and Department of Digital, Culture, Media and Sports Committee by surprise and does not appear to have been approved by the government. One senior EFL source described the leak as unhelpful. There are now tensions between the two leagues and even between clubs over how to handle this. According to the source who wishes to remain anonymous, the EFL had also been taken aback by the club's decision to ban pre-handshakes and the cancellation of Manchester City versus Arsenal in the Premier League on Wednesday, which is quite, you know, must have took them by surprise, people. Um, that game was postponed as a precautionary measure with several Arsenal players in self-isolation. Obviously, our situation has got worse. So you really want to see all the football in this governing bodies the you know the, the the people that handle everything below the premier league and the premier league to work together because they have to we're all in the same boat we all love the game the fans are all at risk the main thing is the fans the staff and people's health suspend the league Foot, you don't know me i sit here and make football videos every day all day every day essentially there's more things important than football a man's health a woman's health a child's health elderly elderly young Everybody's health is at risk. The game needs to be stopped, people. The Premier League needs to be needs to be suspended. And like I said, there's going to be blood on their hands if they don't because this is nothing short of disgraceful, in my opinion. Just suspend the league. Give Liverpool the trophy at another date if that's what they're, they're thinking about, people. It's ridiculous. Moving away from that, though, and speaking of the Champions League, it was obviously a mad Champions League. I didn't watch the game, but Valencia versus Atlanta was filled with goals, um, you know, and you like to see them them sort of games there. The games I did watch, though, you obviously saw Spurs annihilated again by Leipzig, um, bottled it again, absolutely toothless, looked completely resigned to defeat. Um, looked like they, they, they were beaten before even conceding them three goals. And to concede two goals within the first 21 minutes away from home and the sucker punch three minutes from time, it must have kicked the stuffing out of Spurs. Pardon me. You obviously saw Liverpool go out of the Champions League as well. And that was pure villain stuff. Three goals from Atletico in extra time. Anti-football one. Morata coming on and, pardon my language, shithousery people. Uh, it is what it is. One of the first times, I believe, Klopp has lost at Anfield in the Prem- in, in the Champions League. One of the first times they've lost at Anfield in a minute. Um in, in, in such competition um, so it is what it is I saw online I don't know if it's true but they had 64 crosses and obviously you saw Klopp wasn't happy about the way Simeone played and you definitely saw Michael Owen losing his mind for whatever reason but listen do I agree would I want my team to play like Simeone's men no but you have to appreciate that there's different strokes for different folk 
this is what I mean by I say when you look at football and philosophies and styles, it all tends to fall into attractive football, wingers overlapping and things, and all of that's true. But who are you to tell a man his defensive football and his defensive structure, whether I agree with it or not, is not equally as important? Just because you don't want to play that way. And at the end of the day, he got the job done. Like, he got the job done. Obviously, there was a bit of fortune. Adrian needs to improve his focus and whatnot. But they got the job done against against Liverpool. They're into the next round. Away from home, yeah, there was a bit of fortune and whatnot. But they got the job done. What do you want them to do? Try and go out there and play you lot off the park? It's not going to work. And I'd say, Liverpool, you need to remember, like, I'd say 90% of the Premier League teams play, obviously, to a different standard. But how Atletico are doing? You have to break, Liverpool have to break sides down. They're not trying to give anything away. Liverpool were peppering them. They just didn't take their chances, really. Um, Marco Sorrente obviously making a name for himself in front of goal. Um, Andy Robertson's birthday is probably ruined. This was the first time Liverpool have failed to progress from a two-legged tie in European competition under Klopp, having previously been successful in his previous 10. With that as well, it means Liverpool have fallen at the last 16 stage of the Champions League for the first time since 2006, people. Also as reigning champions as after lifting the trophy in 2005. Um, with that being said, since the start of the 2017-18 season, Liverpool goalkeepers have made more errors to goals in the Champions League than any other team's goal in this period. Karius has three. Adrian yesterday has one, which is Kalam. Um, there was only 164 seconds between Firmino's goal and obviously Lorente's first strike, which, you know, you're, you're most vulnerable and you've just conceded is the age-old saying. Keeping up with Firmino, he has scored his first goal at Anfield in 20 games in all competitions since netting versus Porto in 2019, which prior to that, it was 337 days. Um, Gigi Ronaldo seems to score decisive goals and he's four, four of G. Um, of Gigi Wijnaldum's five goals in the Champions League have come in the knockout rounds of the competition, actually scoring three-headed goals in the process. Um, Liverpool, in terms of errors, um, have made more errors directly leading to goals in the Champions League since 2007-8 than, than, than any other side. And the top offenders are Karius has three, Adrian has one, Mo Salah's actually made an error, Van Dijk, who got terrorised in that game and was just jockeying and backing off for no reason, has two, and you'd expect Lovren to be there with three. With that, over two legs, people. Liverpool attempted 93 crosses. Trent Arnold attempted 41 alone with just seven being completed. So, you know, Simeone could say, have you got another plan, Klopp? Because clearly you're just trying to cross and there's not really another plan in relation to that. And obviously the accuracy of certain players and collectively as a team that you'd expect Liverpool to have was missing, people. Um... Klopp himself said, um, and I do think, Klopp, I love Klopp, but I think he shows his true colours when he loses. He's not as joyful and he is a bit of a, you've got to be a sore loser to be an elite manager. But he's, he shows his true colours whenever Liverpool lose and, and whatnot. Um, but he is a tiny bit gracious in defeat. He said, everybody knows we'll come back and go again. Thank you to everybody who helped us on that ride. But now it's over. I cannot change that. Um, he's also went on to say it doesn't feel right in relation to the defeat. And he said, I'm completely happy with the performance. It's so difficult to play a side like this. I don't understand with the quality they have, they with the quality they have, the football they play, they could play proper football, but they stand deep and have counter-attacks. So what do you want them to do? Put on a show and get annihilated and Anfield has a special night and they walk away with victory. I'm sure you'd like that, but it doesn't the cookie don't crumble like that, man. It don't crumble like that. We accept it of course, but it doesn't feel right tonight. 
I realise I'm a really bad loser, especially when the boys put on such an effort in against world-class players on the other side who defend with two rows of four. What do you expect? You have trouble breaking down two banks of four every week in the Premier League. Um, teams, that's how teams play at Anfield. That's how teams set up. When you lot go away, you're used to this. So you should have broke them down quicker. There's there's many things before you look at Atletico, Liverpool could have done across the two legs, really, really and truly. And this is the thing when certain teams play, it gets lost between the media hype, certain other things get lost rather than looking at the performance. Um, and Simeone's had a bit of humour, people. Obviously, it was Liverpool's fourth defeat in six matches in all comps and they're still 25 points clear at the top of the Premier League. But Simeone had a bit of sarcasm and he believes it was unfair Atletico were given a Champions League advantage that helped dump out Liverpool. He actually replied, how does he like to play? And he said to win, which was cheeky from him. But he said, um, today was just unjust just because we had 30 minutes of extra time to score away, three away goals. Liverpool never had that. A bit of it sounded like sarcasm and obviously the away goal thing. It depends if you're on the benefit side of, of VAR, um, VAR of, of Away goals, you're going to laugh. If it, if it makes you go out like it did Arsenal in the Europa League, you're not going to be happy with it. Um, Simeone also, I believe, not, not, not Simeone, Trippio also said, no, this is Simeone comments. He said, in football, you need to make life difficult for the opponent. We play to win with the weapons that we have. We respect our identity, the characteristics of our players, and we exploit the defects of our rivals. Trippier said, you can't come with a plan to defend for 90 minutes, even though that's what we ended up doing because Liverpool put us under so much pressure. The way we play is the way we train. Simeone is like that in training. It's a joy to learn from him every day and work with him. So clearly they were going to defend against Liverpool, but they wanted to be a, do different things. But the way the cookie turned out, they had to rely on their two banks of four, rigid positioning. Um, Old Black, obviously fantastic keeper. There was some heart and mouth moments. Liverpool did breach it eventually with Firmino scoring. But you get the point, people. 90% um, of Premier League teams play like that. So I don't know what the issue is really and truly. Um, moving away, and you all saw PSG versus Dortmund. Sadly, Jays and Sanjo's Champions League run is over. Neymar did his thing. You saw the celebrations. You saw the trolling of Highland. And I can't believe many people say PSG lack class and things. And don't get it twisted. Most of the PSG squad looked like sidekicks participating, but Haaland said P Paris is his city and was talking tough. It's football banter. It's nice to see they care. They took it personally that they're saying this is their this is their city. And I found, think it was quite funny seeing them do celebrations in the change rooms before it and after it, all the pictures. And I think it was wonderful seeing the fans celebrating the street despite obviously the game being played behind closed doors. I watched the game. And admittedly, people, it did, it did feel a bit weird. It did feel a bit weird um, with no fans. It did feel like an academy game and things. It was, yeah, man, you need to have the fans. It just, it's football just missing that that spark, really, and truly, people. It's just, it's just missing that flair. Um, so, obviously, like I said, man, PSG won 2-0 against Dortmund, who had a man sent off. Atletico, courtesy extra time, won 3-2 against Liverpool. Atlanta won the first leg 4-3 and advanced, I believe, 8-4 on aggregate. Spurs were done 4-0 on aggregate over two legs against Leipzig. They're done. Juventus and Lyon, Manchester City versus Real Madrid are two games which have been suspended due to this outbreak, people. And if you just quickly look at the Leipzig game, people, 13 shots to 6 from Spurs, 5 shots on target, 3 from Spurs. 
55% possession. They, only, they made over 539 passes to 458 from Spurs. The only thing that's level is the passing accuracy. Completely played off the park. Um, with that, that makes Nagelsmann the youngest manager to progress from the Champions League, um, from a Champions League knockout tie, um, aged 32 and 231 days of age. With that though, Jose Mourinho suffered his joint heaviest Champions League defeat. Um, equaling his 4-1 defeat he suffered with Real Madrid against Dortmund in 2013. Spurs have been eliminated from 8 of their last 10 major European knockout ties after losing the first leg, despite overturning the Ajax one. Between his spells as Manchester United and Spurs manager, Jose has seen his team manage just one clean sheet in 21 away games across all comps. All three of Spurs' Champions League defeats this season have been against German teams. Obviously, Bayern Munich showed them the way and Leipzig. Only one team has ever lost more than three in a single campaign against teams from the same nation, which was Leeds against Spanish opponents in 2001. Spurs have been eliminated from eight of their last ten major knockout... Oh, I already said that. I don't know why it's copying and paste twice, people. Apologies for such... Um, but away from that, though, obviously, Atlanta's Josip Ilicic, I can't say his name, has become the oldest player to score an away Champions League hat-trick, aged 32 years and 41 days. I'm not going to lie, people, I'm extremely happy, extremely happy that Liverpool are out of the all-comps and they can win the league. But, you know, we was told they're better than trebles, they're better than the Chelsea side, they're better than the Arsenal side. And I remember speaking to Liverpool fans, they said, oh, Arsenal's 2004 side underachieved in other comps. A lot of that's true. But now you have. Looking at the statistics, people, it, Arsenal first, 38 games unbeaten, semi-finals of the FA Cup, semi-finals of the League Cup, quarter-finals of the Champions League. This great Liverpool team, who you know, the money's been, obviously the period was different, but the money's been spent and I respect their side, but I don't think it's better than the Invincibles. They're obviously going to win the league. Um, they they went out of the cha of the FA Cup in the fifth round, the League Cup, the quarterfinals and defending champions in the Champions League went out of, of the Champions League in the last round of 16. If that's not underachieving, then I don't know what is. Maybe... The same things we always say with PSG, the comp competition of the league, has it harmed them in Europe? Because, I mean, they're 25 points clear. Is there any pressure apart from the pressure they put on themselves? I'm gonna, no, I'm not trying to disrespect Liverpool. It's a fantastic side, people. It's, it's, it's a hallmark of the Premier League and they're up there. It's all subjective. You could say Liverpool is better than the treble and the Chelsea side with the record points in terms of no hardly any goals conceded and all these things. Um, Chelsea fans, you know the team I'm getting at, the Jose one. Um, the Arsenal Invincibles, all these teams, you, I don't have a problem with, you know, oh, Liverpool is better than this, United is better than this, Spurs and um, Spurs ain't won no league. Chelsea and Arsenal is better than this. For me, it's always going to be the Invincibles. It's always going to come. I'm an Arsenal fan. Chelsea always going to pick their team. United always going to pick the treble. They're all fantastic sporting achievements in their own right that, re that all require consistency. At a push, for me personally, I believe I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm always going to say 04 was the best. The treble thing was good because like Arsenal, obviously there was luck. Like all of them, there was luck on the way. But at the end of the day, they won three trophies. Three trophies. And, you know, did their thing. And I believe... I believe they're all level, especially. I, I'm not gonna lie. I think the tri the treble, the invincibles, and the Chelsea thing are slightly above what Liverpool's done this year. But it's all levels. So I would say them two, and then I would say Chelsea third. But it's really it's all subjective. Chelsea's Chelsea's one could be first. The treble could be first. Arsenal could be first. Even Liverpool could be first. Um, 
it's all it's all fantastic achievements, man, and it's wonderful to see these sort of things in the league. Not as an Arsenal fan, car, we're not getting in the champs, but you get the same point. Um, so yeah, moving to the Premier League and last week's action, though there were some big results. I mean, the old the um the the old Manchester derby, Oli Solskjaer has to take full credit for that. And if we just look at the statistics quickly, people. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer marked his 50th Premier League game in charge of Manchester United in style as um, as obviously Pep Guardiola's season hit a low point. Um, so yeah, he got to win his 50th game against against uh, Manchester City. Um, it means Man United have completed a league double over City for the first time since Sir Alex Ferguson retired, last achieving it in 2009 and 10. I believe since 1961, it's the first time they've done the league double over Chelsea and City people. Um, with that, they're now unbeaten in their last 10 games in all competitions. Now, they played last night, so it's 11. Um, it's 11. It says winning seven here, drawing three. It's obviously winning eight and drawing three, which is their longest run since Ole Gunnar first 11 games in charge between December 2018 and February 2019. They completely shut them out in that first half. You lot saw people, Man United, like that first, especially as an Arsenal fan going into the City game, they gave the blueprint as to how to have a half a chance against City with the way they defended, with the way they reacted when they realised City weren't quite at it, and the way they didn't want to lose their individual battles to the point where City had just won. A, obviously, the second half was a different story, but first half, City had just one attempt on United's goal, which is their lowest tally in the first half of Premier League football since 2018 against Liverpool, um, which is crazy. Um, Martial is only the second United player to score in three consecutive starts in the Premier League, in Premier League Manchester Derby since Eric Cantona. As a Man United player, I'm sure if your name is mentioned alongside Cantona to some degree, you must be doing all right. Um, since making his debut in February, Bruno Fernandes has been directly involved in more goals than any other player where he's got five, he's been involved in five, two goals, three assists. Quality player. I know Raheem Sterling and Phil Foden didn't have the best of times, but they got to make their own little bit of history. Raheem Sterling is the fourth youngest player in the Premier League to reach 250 appearances after Gareth Barry, James Milner and Wayne Rooney. Phil Foden became the youngest Englishman to start a Manchester derby for City since Michael Richards in 2008, where they were both 19. Um... Michael Richards was slight was a slightly younger because he was two hundred and thirty one days old. Whereas versus Phil Foden was nineteen years, two hundred and eighty five days old. Obviously, significantly harder squad to break into for Foden. Um, Manchester City suffered their seventh defeat of the Premier League campaign, making 2019-20 the season in which Pep has lost most league games in his managerial career. So on top of him having to redevelop himself anyways, there's probably a lot for Pep Guardiola to consider. No Premier League side has conceded more goals via set pieces this season, including penalties, than Aston Villa 18. Well, no side has shipped more corners than Aston Villa, which is vulnerable. Why I play, why I say that is because you obviously saw Pepe Reina's error where, you know, Villa are up against it in their league and they can't buy a victory. With his mistake against Leicester for Harvey Barnes' goal, Pepe Reina at 37 is the oldest player to make an error leading to goal in the Premier League this season at 37 years of age and 191 days old. And keepers seem to be having a part to play in everything. You look at Adrian, I think Edison had a part to play in both goals. Man United conceded. 
Um, uh, it was a lovely, smart, quickly taken free kick from Martial, but he should have he, he should have saved that. The second goal, I don't know why he's out of his position. I don't know what Reina's doing, trying to be a right back for Aston Villa. You ain't got the legs for that anymore. But do your thing. Um, Villa have recorded 10 errors leading to goals in the league this season, more than any other side. Harvey Barnes has registered four goal involvements in his last four home games. Three goals, one assist, which are as many as he managed in his previous 17. So he's hit a bit of a patch and I'm sure there'll be people saying, oh, why is he in the England squad and all of these sort of things, people. Um, looking at all the other news in the Premier League, though, um, obviously Liverpool done their thing against Bournemouth, had to be a bit patient, but 1-2-1. One, our opponents, whenever we play them next, Brighton drew 0-0 with Wolves. Wolves are trying to get Champions League and that's very much two points dropped. Valuable three points against Southampton away from home against, um, for Newcastle, sorry, away from home against Southampton. Crystal Palace brought Watford down to reality and defeated them a goal to nil. Um, obviously, you saw Chelsea won riot against Everton winning 4-0 and that unhappy return to Stamford Bridge for Carlo Ancelotti. We've just spoken about Leicester. They won 4-0 against Villa as well. Villa completely just gave up at a point. Fantastic 2-0 victory against Manchester City for United. Sheffield keep having a great season. 1-1-0. I can't believe VAR was actually for Arsenal, allowing Lacazette to score. I mean, VAR was on our side. Lacazette scored away from home. Streamworld, we won 1-0 against West Ham. And I, know, I don't know when we're going to play again, if we're going to play again, but... You know, we need to get all these points on the board. We potentially can. You know, Spurs are just having negative times in all competitions. They drew 1-1 against Burnley. Ndombele had no sprints in the first half. How How is that? How is that? That shows a serious lack of effort and trying. And maybe there's legs to what Jose was saying about Ndombele, even though I think he's a great player despite his struggles. Moving forward, though, to the Premier League, if it is going to happen... Chelsea welcome Villa. I mentioned Chelsea first because obviously, sadly, Callum Hudson-Odoi has obviously contracted Corona and you'd imagine that something is going to happen in relation to Chelsea's game if not suspended. Um, Manchester United against Spurs. Spurs welcome United to White Hart Lane. I'll always call it that. Need to win games. United hit, have hit form at the right time and top four is there for, for the taking. They get 3-0 against Spurs in addition to City. Then for me, it's as good. It's as good as as got for 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 United personally. Wolves play 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 West Ham at West Ham's place. There's a Merseyside derby with Everton versus Liverpool. City need to get back to winning ways, and Burnley don't want to feel that revenge. Burnley travel away to the Etihad to play City. Bournemouth, who are firmly in a relegation fight, meet Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace. Newcastle face or welcome a tough um, visit from Sheffield United. Norwich and Southampton will square off. Watford versus Leicester will square off. And I've already mentioned Brighton away from home against Arsenal, which is not going to be played. If we look at, you know, the game, which is probably the most eye-catching of this game week, in which is Spurs and United. Looking at statistics, Spurs have lost their last two Premier League games against United, last losing three in a row in 2010, which was four. Manchester United are looking to record consecutive away league Premier League wins against Spurs for the first time since a run of six in a row between 2001 and 07. Tottenham last lost home their last lost their last home league game um, 
three goals to two against Wolves. The last time they lost back-to-back home league games was in January 2019 against Wolves and Manchester United. So could history strike again. United are unbeaten in five Premier League games, drawing two and winning three. The Red Devils have kept four clean sheets in that run, which is as many as they had in the previous 35. So they're hitting form at the right time, as we said, people. Um, Moving away from that, no side has kept fewer clean sheets in the Premier League this season than Spurs, which is four. The last time they kept as few clean sheets after 29 Premier League games was 2006-07, when they also conceded in their 30th game that term. So the writing don't look good statistically for Spurs if we was just looking at it from a purely Spurs point of view. Um, Moving on to other news, and we'll get on to Jose in a sec, but French pundit Pierre Menez passed judgment on Saliba. He said he's an interesting player who has potential. Perhaps there's still a bit of experience missing. We saw it with the penalty he caused in the semi-final of the Cop de Coupe de la France. He may lack a bit of speed, but he's very young. He can obviously progress a lot in any case. He has good positioning, a good reading of the game, and obviously a physique that helps him out a lot. And that's fully true. He's still got to get a bit of experience. He's still got to be a bit proactive. I do think his pace on the recovery is a weakness of his, but that can all be improved in things. And, you know, that's spot on, even though I don't know who this pundit is. Um, former Arsenal player Nicolas Anelka is apparently launching an academy. He's not been playing since 2015, but he has been coaching and trying his hand at management. Apparently, he will launch an academy in April in partnership with US Tor Corkin. The academy will be named the NA39 and will be responsible for training young goal scorers. So, it will be working with strikers and it's good, man. You never know what partnerships could evolve off the back of that. Moving away from that, and obviously Jose has gone six straight matches without a win for the first time in his managerial career. Um, A deflated Jose Mourinho admits his team are in trouble, and people, really and truly. And he said, This is difficult for me to speak again about injuries, but you want me to speak about other things when it looks like the obvious is that the problems accumulate with the accumulation of injuries. If you want to make a mental exercise and imagine... Leipzig tonight without Sabitza, Smith, Werner. Do you think they'd win the way they did? Do you want to go to Liverpool without Salah, Mane, Firmino, Henderson? Do you want to go to Spain, to Barca without Griezmann, Messi, Suarez, PK? Do you want this exercise with every team in the world? I think every team in the world would struggle with with five of their or six of their best players missing. I think they would. It's as simple as that. He sounds not happy at all, people. Moving forward, all the players that were in live six bench, they would all play in my team at this moment. That is a big problem. I know that automatically our team will improve next season, but we also know that we have to improve in other areas. I'm not going to tell you in which way exactly. I'm going to analyse it. I saw the mistakes. I saw why we made mistakes. I saw why Leipzig were dominant every draw. We have our problems and our problems, as you say, don't end in injuries. But no team in the world will cope with injuries for such a long time. You can cope for some matches, but not three or four months. With the squad we've got at the moment, it's going to be very difficult. But we have matches to play, matches to fight. We have to be strong to cope with the limitations we have. At least we have four days in between. So at least by a physical point of view, the players can react in a better way. Um, And he's also said, I think it's probably good in relation to going out. Difficult moments can prepare the future in a better way. So he seems very much of some of you are playing for your futures. I'm changing a lot. 
tactics is one thing, but I mean recruitment is one thing, but tactically, with apologies, people, we've got a lot to change, and it's gonna be a fight, people. Deli Ali has also said, I have to apologize for the fans. They travelled all this way, and to lose like that, it's the mentality. We were second to a lot of balls and conceded a lot of those goals in a manner that just shows the mentality wasn't strong. You have to look at yourself first before you start blaming anyone else or blaming the team. I'll do that and I'm sure a few others will as well because tonight wasn't good enough. We can't hide. It hasn't been a nice season for us but we have to keep fighting. We're in a bad situation and only and we're the only ones that can turn it around which is 100% true people. Um, 40 odd points. United to come out of two cups in spectacular fashion. Um, it's crazy people really and truly. Well gone. Well gone for them. What happened to them? As an Arsenal fan I'm not going to lie I love it but it is what it is people. Now, I know Danny Drinkwater isn't Paul Pogba or isn't the most recognisable footballer in the Premier League, people. But I do think, I can't understand better yet why it's not being spoken about the way this guy's moving. Because whatever you say about Danny Drinkwater, he's a Premier League winner. He's played for big big clubs. You know, he's played for Chelsea. He played for Ch- Premier League winners in Chelsea. Um, um, Premier, League, Premier League winners in Leicester. And he's also played for Chelsea. He's been capped by his country. I would say that, you know, you have a certain way you have to carry yourself if, if that's you. But, you know, he has been his future at, at his second loan club this season. Villa is in doubt after a training ground incident. Apparently, he, he clashed with um, he clashed with teammate Yota and was sent home by Dean Smith. Um, so, yeah, and this obviously follows his first half of his campaign at Burnley. Um, obviously, during his period at Burnley, he got into an altercation at a nightclub that led to a number of... of games on, a, on on the sideline so he's going around nightclubs fighting he's fighting teammates disruptive aggressive angry troublesome uh, you know a bad person all these things that get said when you're certain other people it's funny how there's not really anyone speaking about this because there's certain footballers that can't even dance at a family member's wedding and this guy can go around headbutting and carrying on in a nightclub i don't like to air anyone's dirty laundry i don't know what a man's going through i don't know the you know all these things but it's just funny how, according to uh, according to who you are, the justice is subjective, or we're not all held to high standards. It's a bit crazy, really and truly, people. If Danny Drinkwater was someone else, they, the book would be thrown at him. Everybody would know everything about him. Sky Sports would be following following him everywhere. People is what it is in that regards. Moving away from that, though, you've seen Chong assigned a new deal at United to keep him there until twenty twenty two. Jude Bellingham made a visit to Manchester United's Carrington training ground on Monday. You obviously saw him with his parents um, and whatnot. He's actually Birmingham's youngest player after making his debut in August. Um, it is well, it, it is well, it is in that in that regards, people. Um, trying to find other things, my other notes. Apologies, people. Um, so yeah, man, I'm sure most people have their eyes on him. Um, Ezeleddin Bahada needs to play two full games to qualify as an entry into the Guinness World Book of Records. And if you lot don't know why I'm mentioning him, um, he's aiming to become the oldest professional footballer ever um, to score in his debut at age 75. People um, apparently in his last game, he got 90. He got 90 minutes in his last game. Um, Apparently, he got 90 minutes in his last game and played quite well. He's a father of four and he's a grandfather of six and he, sc- and he scored from the penalty spot. He was mobbed by teammates, apparently, when he drew 1-1. He 
He said, I became the oldest fo professional footballer scoring a goal in an official match. Um, so, yeah, he needs to play two more games and he's in the he's in the history books. And it's nice to see that someone so old is young at heart and it shows what football can do. I mean, he's still out here. Could you imagine the kids in school? My granddad is with his walking stick and still out here trying to score hat-tricks week in, week out. <coughs> Wonder if he's got more goals than Lacazette. Lacazette, I had to do it to you, man. I love you, but it is what it is. Um, so, yeah. I don't think I've got any other comments to speak about, people. Really, I tried to hold from making this podcast in the belief that um, there would be more stuff to come out in terms of, you know, the corona, sadly. Um, in fact, I do have some more couple stuff, actually. City are close to buying League Two side Nancy, um, and that would be scary for me because they have a great academy and City's aware of that. Now they're potentially going to have first option. Apparently, it's going to cost anything from 12 to 18 million euros. Phil jo Phil Neville, sorry, who's the England female manager, um, women's manager, and they're playing at the She Believes Cup. Now, why did he get a top coaching job? I don't know, because what has he done in the game? Is it a surprise that he's struggling? He has said it's totally unaccept it's totally acceptable, sorry, for people to question his position after their defeat by by Spain in their final She Believes match, which is their seventh in eleven games. He has said, I've got to start earning my coin being a better manager and the results need to improve. Ultimately, standards need to be better from everyone. That's me as a manager. That's my, that's, um, that's, that's me. Um, that's the FA backing us as a team. And that's my players on the pitch. We all need to accept that, that if we want what we all talk about, then standards have to improve. I know 100% that I've got the backing and trust of my players. We'll see, we'll, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Ultimately, we will see because you shouldn't have that job really and truly if we're honest with ourselves. Finally, people, if we go over some, I'm not going to go into details, but in terms of transfer rumours, Manchester United, you've actually heard Pogba's one minute going to sign a new deal, but apparently they're prepared to sell Paul Pogba. The Sun says United are resigned to losing Pogba with PSG and Juventus ready to pounce for the midfielder. Arsenal will turn their attentions to signing Villarreal centre-back Paul Torres this summer. Um, Arsenal remain interested in Kozawa. The player is a client of Kaya Jarukin, who's got good relations with Arsenal's boardroom as well as being a player. Lacazette has contracted Griezmann, asking him what has happened to his mortgaged property. This is in relation to Atletico Madrid links. I'm all sure you've seen Arsenal, Everton... And Spurs are in the race for Chris Smalling. Apparently, Roma want to um, sign him permanently and also sign Mkhitaryan permanently, but will only pursue that deal if um, they qualify for Europe. Saka is in talks for, for a five-year deal worth 35k a week, which is great with Arsenal fans. Um, apparently, there's rumours of a Bamiyan signing new deal. Don't know how true that is. Manchester City and United will go head-to-head -head in an effort to sign Harry Kane for £150 million this summer. And to be fair, it's probably never been a better chance to kind of tempt him away from Spurs. Um, Juventus also want to bring Kane to the Turin to play alongside Cristiano Ronaldo. Dortmund will let Jadon Sandro leave this summer if he asks for a move. Chelsea and Spurs are interested in Aaron Ramsdale. Um, both clubs are also in the market for Jeremy Bogger, who's doing well at Sassuolo um, and would only cost £13 million. Dortmund and Valencia are interested in him. Uh, Marcel Sabitzer, who played well against Spurs, his Spurs is being linked with Spurs and United. Um, he's an, obviously an Austrian international. Um, Bayern Munich are interested in William, who's obviously out of contract. 
Aubameyang says he's happy at Arsenal. And to, well, if you're happy, sign the deal, Rude Boy. Chelsea will try to sign Porto defender Alex Tellez if they fail to land Ben Chilwell. The 23-year-old Leicester player is their first choice left-back target for the summer for, um, for next season. Everton are interested in Brazilian defender Brazilian Leo defender Gabriel, who apparently they are in talks with an unnamed club to sell my man, actually. Um, so it is what it is. Um, apparently Arsenal haven't dropped their interest in, in Crystal Palace. Ace William Zaha, Wilfred Zaha, sorry. Um, so we'll see how that one develops, people. There's not really any other news. The French Footballing Federation want Kylian Mbappe to play at the Olympics. Villa and West Brom both want to sign Huddersfield player Carl and Grant. Um, Leeds will pay Lorient the buyout to sign their mid their, their goalkeeper Mizler. Can never say his name, but if you remember, he's played at the Under Twenty World Cup for France. And I've done a video about him when he was at Lille. There's nothing more to really add and speak about. So on that note, it's about time I get out of here. Thank you for watching. Well, I say watching, listening to another edition of the Deluded Podcast. It's been a fantastic one to to be a part of with you guys. I enjoy it, and hopefully we'll be back soon, man. But until then. People, DG, I'm out. One love.